1: We always forget what we're talking about. Must be the wine. I will earn that money back and destroy him. Dude, if your internet's going to be boo-boo this entire time, I'm going to be mad.
2: Howdy and welcome back to the Laptop Empires podcast. We got another episode for you with Chris Orzakowski. He's here again, part two. Last week, we talked about the pay yourself first concept, how to apply that to your business. We talked a lot about email marketing because that's the original concept of it. But we also talked about just the overall concept of working on growing your business you know, a little bit before you start doing anything else every single day. And it's interesting. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about creating a physical newsletter, which is where you know, the pay yourself book that Chris had was as part of his make it rain monthly newsletter. And I'm really interested in this. And I think it's kind of funny because this is actually something that is part of your pay yourself first routine. I'm sure is, is creating the newsletters for the the next month. I mean, that's something you're going to be putting some time in before you do any client work, any coaching or anything else that you do in your business. So, um, it all, it all ties together. So Chris, thanks for being here, man. And, uh, how you doing?
0: Doing good. Thanks a lot for having me back.
2: Yeah, yeah, always. All right, so before we get into it, though, today's episode is brought to you by Chris's newsletter, Make It Rain Monthly. And just like last week, if you guys use Laptop Empires as a coupon code, you're going to get the founding rate to join instead of $99 per month to get this incredibly valuable newsletter delivered to your door physical in a package paper. You can feel it. You can smell it. You can get paper cuts. It's wonderful. Um, You're going to get $20 off for the first three months, the founding member rate, laptop empires as the code. You can check out that link here in the show notes. All right, Chris, let's dive into it. So why, let's start with this. Why a physical newsletter? Like what, what is the value in it? And specifically that physical part instead of just doing an info product?
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of reasons why. The biggest reason is probably just because it's kind of personal. Like for myself, I knew that I was just spending way too much time on the computer. And even some of the digital courses that I have, like one of them is like forty hours worth of video content. And I said, man, that is a lot of work to dump on someone's plate. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. committing basically an entire work week, an entire work weeks worth of learning. It takes a, it's a slog to get through sometimes. You know, so I said to myself. A, I'd like to personally get away from the computer a little bit more. B, I'd like to kind of help people disconnect and have kind of an offline tangible experience with my stuff. I think that would be very good positioning and I thought it'd be very useful. And uh, after reading this book, The Revenge of Analog by David Sachs, it's a very good book. Um, He talks about how there's all, even though there's more and more digital everything, The analog experiences are the things that people crave. So board games, vinyl records, all of these things are making such a huge comeback. Even though you could have Spotify for 10 bucks a month and get a billion songs, people are buying vinyl more than they ever have before because of the experience. So I was kind of like really entranced by this whole idea. And I know a lot of other people had done newsletters in the past. You know, Gary Halbert, Dan Kennedy, Ben Settle, I think Ryan Lee, Matt Fury, like all these, Frank Kern, like all these dudes had done newsletters. And I always looked up to a lot of those guys. And I was like, one day I'm going to have my own. And I just remember when I was, you know, learning copywriting and like every single night I would read an issue of Gary Halbert's newsletter and, or an issue or two. And they were so good. And it was like, I think he wrote that thing for like over a decade. And there were so many, it was like 1100 pages of issues. And I was like, this dude documented his entire life through through marketing, right? And all the stories and the little sidebars. And it's like, I felt like I knew the guy. And it was just such a cool, like, legacy item that you could hand down. You know, like, people mm-hmm. will be reading the Gary Howard letter 100 years from now. And for all of those reasons, and many more, I was like, I want to do this. And I want to start it. And I want this to be an ongoing project, something I could do for the next 10, 20, 30 years of my life. And just document all that stuff, and document all the things that I'm learning as I'm working with companies, and you know, trying things and testing and failing and succeeding, and 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 just you know, it it was a medium where, with a digital course, you can go on and on and on and on. There's no limits, right? You can make it a thousand hours of video if you really wanted. Not that you should ever do that, but with the newsletter, it's a confined number of pages. You have to pare down your ideas and only put the best stuff and put it in a way that's easily. Actionable and, and implementable, and it's almost like an executive report, right? It's like that's what an executive would read. That's what a CEO would read, right? Like the 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 lackeys who are doing all the the grunt work, they can go through the digital courses. And I, you know, not that I'm calling those people that, but like because I did that for a year, I still go through digital courses myself. If I'm like a newbie at a skill, I'll be like, give me fifty hours of it. I want to learn everything. But yeah. it's like <laughs> you know, like and I do that to this day, like with you know, a lot of stuff, but uh, with certain things that I'm really good at, I just want the executive report. I knew for the kind of work that I want to do for the kind of clients that I wanted to attract, having that newsletter would be whale bait, right? Like that is something where a CEO would be like, I'm not going to buy this seven module course, but I'll buy that newsletter so I can get, you know, 18, 20, 24, 16 pages, whatever it is delivered. And it's the good hard hitting info. I can read it in one sitting and implement it or give it to my team and whatever. So it was a good positioning tool as well. Um,
2: yeah. So instead, it's like those real actionable strategies, the things that you can take and implement in your business right now. Like it's a specifically like, here's how to use this strategy to grow your list. Or here's how to use this particular funnel that's going to, you know, I'm talking Facebook ads, but like use this particular funnel to bring in, you know, phone calls at $50 an acquisition or something like that. Like it's, I like that because it's the assuming you have the base knowledge. Now you're in your newsletter, you're providing the book the pay yourself first book, which is, is the foundation is the base knowledge, but then the newsletter information is the, the strategies, the implement of uh, implementable stuff. So I, I, yeah, I like that. It's a re, it's a really interesting, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I like that as, as how it is for a positioning tool. I guess I just thought of it as like the physical part being the positioning part, not necessarily well, the content.
0: That, that's part of it too. You know, I just know I've looked at my own behavior and like I said, you know, I still buy so many courses. Not, not as many as I used to, definitely, but every, you know, month or two I'll be like, "Ah, I kind of want that course." And then I'll be like, "Oh, great. Now I have to set aside time to go through this and, you know, I do eventually, mm-hmm. but sometimes it gets relegated to the back of the pile or it sits in that courses tab in my bookmarks. And with the newsletter, you know, like it's here. It's sitting on your desk. It's it's it owns a piece of real estate in your home or your office or whatever it is. And you're not going to throw it out, right? Uh, You're not going to. There's no password to get into this. It's just it's that you you hold it in your hands. So I think that is an important thing because people like physical products, right? Like no nothing gets people more excited. Look at Amazon. Like who doesn't get excited when they see the Amazon truck pull up? You know what I mean? People love getting stuff. Even they know what they bought. They they know what's coming, but they just get excited when they see that person walking up walking up the street with their package. Or sometimes you forget cuz you're like just buying stuff randomly <laughs> well,
2: cuz it's free shipping and then you're like, "Oh, what did I order?" It yeah, I did. Yeah, it yeah. It's
1: a weird it's like a weird dopamine hit. Like cuz I know that we had like decaf coffee show up the other day and I was like, "Ooh, sweet a box." Like just something that didn't matter at all. But, you know, I the the thing I've seen so far with your newsletter Cause it's been really cool to watch you launch this and see like your students and, and everybody that's picked this up. Like they're taking pictures of like the open package and like, yeah, it finally came in. I'm so excited. And they're like posting pictures of it to social media. Like they're not doing that when we send out our just regular newsletter blast. They're not like taking screenshots of the computer. Like, Oh, my email came in. Um, <laughs> and it's even the same thing. Like I've got the, I've got the wall street journal, the copy, the print copy of wall street journal comes to my house every week. And i You know, I could read this online, but it's, it's kind of like cool just to go through and like feel it and read it. And it feels special when it comes to my house. Like it's like a weird, it's a weird thing, but I think we're at a point now, especially with people our age, they're, you know, I'd say like probably 40 and younger. um, Most of the things that we've grown up with now have been on the internet. And, and a lot, I think that, I think that it's now a rarity to have a physical thing that you can touch and hold and feel. And so it's special and it feels like a present every time you get it. Um, So I do think that that from I've always been kind of fascinated with the physical newsletter thing, but I just like seeing the reaction that that the people that have purchased your newsletter are having where they're actually posting on social media. I think that's huge. It's like, that's so powerful compared to just a regular email newsletter. So it's been pretty cool to watch. The
2: dynamic is totally flipped from when, like, when it was dial up internet, <laughs> I used to get those AOL CDs from the grocery <laughs> store, and it was like, oh my gosh, I got an email, and you were just waiting for an email. It was so exciting, and now people are like trying to get to inbox zero and they're just deleting mass amounts of email. But when they get
1: a physical letter from somebody, it's so rare, it feels that it's a big deal, it feels vintage almost, you know, like I feel like. It's almost like what Chris, what you said, like the CEO thing where it's like, and this goes back to more of the content of the email, but it it feels like, like when I'm reading this wall street journal thing, I feel like a badass and I don't know why, (laughs) like, I don't know why this makes me feel (laughs) cool, but it makes me feel cool. I'm like, man, I've got a wall street journal newspaper sitting on my desk. Like, and it's the same thing with your newsletter. It's just really, it's a weird thing, but I do think we've kind of crossed that barrier from like, now it's so rare to have paper you know feels vintage feels cool so i think it's just kind of like a built-in marketing benefit of just having a product like that yeah i mean i'm going to buy bobby a beeper for christmas <laughs> and he's just going to feel awesome oh dude i'm going to i'm <laughs> going to have that thing on my desk it's going to be awesome
0: on on his hip at all times yes yeah. that's how you guys are getting caught no more facebook messenger just beeper but uh but dude that's the thing man like i just noticed myself i was just like i'm on computer so damn much like i just want like like even even like with my own like hobbies, I guess, you know, I, I look a few months ago, I looked around. I was like, I don't really have any hobbies. So I mean, that's a problem. So, you know, I could have more online hobbies, right? Or I, like I started cooking more and I started buying cookbooks, like physical cookbooks. Mm-hmm. I know there's a billion recipes I know they're all available online, but I started buying cookbooks and like reading through them and then trying stuff. I'm not a great cook yet, but I will be because that's now something that I'm committed to doing. But again, it's an offline tangible experience, right? And that book just, you know, the Revenge of Analog book, uh, it just has such a big impact. And it just demonstrated to me that like, it doesn't matter if you have a million songs in your pocket, like you're still going to want the vinyl record, it doesn't matter if you have Apple games for $4.99 a month and have a billion games, you're still going to want to play a board game with your friends, because it's fun. And it's this like old school, you kind of like vintage experience. And there's something about that, that will never leave us as humans, you know, so I know that this is getting a little like, you know, heady, but I think that's important. I think when everyone is zigging, you gotta zag a little bit too.
2: You have to create a unique experience, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that having a physical prod, like having something physical like that is a unique experience. And, And it creates too, I think it creates like a different level of accessibility too, because like I can think about, I spend so much of my day with like these stupid AirPods in my ears sending voice messages to y'all talking to the team, listening to music while I'm working, listening to watching videos, whatever it may be. And so in the evening, you know, when I'm trying to unplug, I almost would feel guilty about like watching a course, even though that might be how I want to spend my free time. Cause it's like, okay, I got to plug in my earphones while everyone else is watching TV to watch this course, but I can take a physical newsletter and sit there and read and be more present in the room with everybody. Yeah. And and so even that, it becomes a more accessible piece of learning than what we normally do with the video courses. And I'm a huge proponent of video courses, obviously, but there's definitely something about this that has Real value um, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, and like, you know, I don't want anyone listening to be like, oh, well, I shouldn't buy digital courses. Like, I still sell digital courses, I still buy them, you know, and like, I will not stop doing that because I get a lot of value and get a lot of, always got a good ROI when I take that stuff and implement. But it's just one of those things where, it's, you can have different offers for different purposes and different people and different, you know, segments and and that solve different problems and position things in different ways. And like, I think that's the cool thing. Like there are some e-commerce businesses that add in, once they reach critical mass, they'll add in online content and they'll add in some other offers that might be a little more digital or like intangible. Right. So like companies, a lot of companies will do this. They'll, They'll do, you know, look at like Amazon, right? They'll diversify. Yeah, Amazon is now opening like physical stores, right? And they have that that whole checkout process where you, you just, there's no checkout, you just walk out with the stuff. So like, this is not really a new concept. I didn't invent this, obviously, but it's always good to just think about how you can change the the kind of experience like if you're a physical product company and you add a digital component that might be a really cool unique thing that no one else is doing that your customers really love and vice versa it applies if everything you had is digital and now you have physical experience too that's a really cool thing that people will get behind so you know it's just kind of trying to think outside the box and just trying to position yourself a little bit differently
2: it just maybe as you're talking about that i'm thinking like are we going to come full circle where netflix starts opening up their their version of blockbuster because people miss like walking down the aisles and looking at all the movies like i mean honestly like i i used to love going to like Blockbuster going to like Best Buy they don't sell DVDs at Best Buy anymore I still yeah. just like looking at all the
0: movies what, what, what they, um, might do, they, they might do they might attach a cable to your, to your TV they might just start running cables across the country <laughs> that would be really crazy. <laughs> we'd really come Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so from here I mean so we've kind of talked about the value of it and everything let's kind of talk about what you referred to as the fun stuff the strategy of it like putting it together how you're deciding what content goes in there yeah, I, I think we could touch, we had talked about this, like we won't spend the time getting into all the little nuts and bolts, but it, basically like, it's not super difficult to create this. Cause you just like, there's publishers that you pay so much per newsletter and then they do it all for you. They print it, they bind it, they ship it. Right. So, I mean, you're just giving a list of names and the content and then they do the rest. So if you're worried about, if like y'all, if you're interested in doing this kind of thing, that's not the hard part. Like that's the part that someone else does for you and it's just a baked in cost. But let's talk about the other part, like deciding what goes into it. Like you said, the fun stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the cool thing about the, like there's, we could talk about this stuff for hours. So I'll try to give like a high level overview, but the newsletter is one of those things that it's not a business. It's just a product that you sell in your business that has a specific purpose. So like for me, you know, what I wanted to do was more of a documentation more so than anything else, right? Like people create newsletters with different purposes and for you know different types of content. And I can't really speak to what everyone else does, but I knew what what I wanted to do was I just wanted to document my my best stuff, right? Like the stuff that had worked the best, or tests that I was running, or campaigns that I worked on, and break them down and like really go in depth and get into the nitty gritty details, and do it in a way that people could take it and implement something. It, I looked at it like a consulting through the mail type model, right? Because there's a lot of people, like I, I know my stuff can help a lot of people. But you know, when they get on the phone with me, and I say, yeah, it'll be $5,000 a month, most people cringe, and that's totally fine. I can't work with everyone, right? But for those people, I still want to find a way to help them. So instead of me getting on the phone with them, you know, on a bi weekly basis, and talking with them through email and reviewing their stuff and filming the videos and doing all of those things that I would normally do in a regular consulting relationship, they can take the cream of the crop strategies. It's going to be a little bit more work for them, but they can implement that stuff themselves, right? So they have an opportunity right. to use Chris Orzakowski's brain to grow their business. And I know that sounds a little conceited. I a little bit like a douche when I say that, but that's kind of the way you have to think about it, right? Like there's levels of service. There is, I could do it for you. We could do it together. Or, and, and obviously doing it for you is the m- going to be the most expensive because you don't lift a finger and I do it all and just go and get you the result you want. So that you're going to pay the most for that. Mm-hmm. There's the do it together, which is still usually pretty expensive. That's the consulting coaching type stuff. And then there's the, here's the instruction manual. Here's how to go do it. So more people are going to be able to afford that. And eventually when people start using that stuff, they might escalate themselves up and say, you know what? I've been using your stuff. It's been working. My business is growing. Now I'd like to hire you to really you know, kick it to the next level even faster. So, in terms of a strategy thing, A, it helps me work with more people, essentially, without me having to work with more people, if that kind of makes sense. And B, it also helps you know the the 5 or 10% who are the real ass kickers who are going to implement like crazy and just do exactly what I show them to do and get those good results and start compounding those. They're going to be the people who say, you know what? You're the guy. I, I've tried your stuff. I know it works. Now I want to hire you for a bigger type project.
1: So you you launched this thing, right? You had a really successful launch with it. Um, a lot of people grabbed it. Everybody's excited about it. So now you got to keep it going, right? So you already had your first one. So how are you deciding what goes in every month? And, and you know, what is it? Do you have like a content calendar? Is it something that you react to what you're seeing from your students or what you think people need or the market or whatever? Like, how do you decide that stuff? Bro, you just outsource all that shit
0: to the Philippines. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> totally, totally, totally kidding. Uh, (laughs) I read the Seth Godin book one time, (laughs) I forget which book it was, but he was like, he was like, and, you know, having trust with your audience, is the most important thing. And by the way, I'm actually a ghostwriter. This is not actually Seth, but he was just kidding in it. So (laughs) I want to try that out on a podcast, (laughs) but, uh, no, you know, it, what I do is I, I looked being that I took the positioning that I'm going to document things. I basically said, okay, I know I have this overarching system, this like universal framework. I called it in the pay yourself first book. I said, okay, people are gonna start emailing. Now I need to layer things on top of what they're already doing to make the boat go faster. Right. So what I looked I, I started looking and I said, okay, you know, the first issue is about the found money blueprint, which um, is all about how to like find hidden money through, you know, where are the holes in your bucket? Like where in your email infrastructure could you be following up with people more and making more money depending on the behaviors that they're using. So for me, it was very easy to just say, okay, well, there's about 20 or so sequences that could feasibly be 20 issues of the newsletter. I just do one sequence at a time. you know, yeah, I could give you all 20 at once, but you can't eat the elephant in one bite. You got to eat it in pieces, right? Like if I gave you all 20 at once, then you're not going to implement any of it and you're not going to get the result and you're not going to stay and nobody wins, right? So the way I figured was I said, okay, I'm going to try to do one sequence a month or one big thing a month. And I started by just keeping notes on my phone and I started saying what are the quickest wins that I could do, and what are the things they need to optimize first and, and basically like really it's 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 really just to I don't want to harp on that consulting with the mail model, but that's kind of what I'm doing like if i this is probably the order I would recommend for most people um you know that's why it's good to join from the beginning because then you you see firsthand like okay, I did step one, I did step two, I did step three, but you know the next issue that's going out is going to be all about upsells after someone buys. And I figured, well, a lot of people, they're probably already selling stuff. If we can make all their customer, you know, 10 or 20% of their customers buy a little bit more, that can be a huge ROI. And for me, in terms of like planning content, the way that my guiding principle is always like, how can I make this like $10,000 just showed up in the mail? And like, I don't say that, right? I don't say that in the marketing. I don't think I'm allowed to say that, nor, nor what I attempt to. But that was kind of the thought process, right? It was like, when someone gets this newsletter, can I give them an idea that they can implement and actually make money from? Not like theory, not like oh yeah, I'm just going to ramble on about, you know, tell some stories and maybe I'll get some value. It's like, no, here's the one thing to do. Like add this to your, like add this email into your, into your email software, like modify it, write it, send, maybe it's a broadcast, send this email out, try it, do it on the third Thursday or whatever. Not that I would recommend a weird day like that, but that was (laughs) kind of the thinking about the content. And then I started saying, "Okay, well, there's essentially a checklist that I have with every client that's in the Found Money Blueprint. Let me just start, you know, piecing one by one by one by one. And I have this whole, I have the next six months planned out in my phone. And I say, okay, I know I'm going to talk about this this month, and then within, so that's like the overarching, you know, six to twelve month plan. But then when I sit down to do an issue, I basically say, okay, here are the things I want to talk about. Start off with the story, you know, transition into you know the importance of the, of the what I'm going to be teaching and why they need to be doing it." Teach it, break it down into like some kind of formula they can model for themselves, show some examples, and then just give them the motivation they need to like push across the finish line. That's the thing too. Like, people need to be motivated, right? Like, I'm also their cheerleader. I'm also the person who's like, you could do this. Like, I know this sounds hard, but you're going to push through and you're going to kick ass with it. And you're going to get some great results. So, people like that.
2: Oh, you know, speaking of when you're talking about upsells and stuff, one of the things I like about this is when people join, they're joining, they're getting the book, they're getting the foundation, and then they're getting whatever issue that is. So they're missing out on these back issues. It's very different than say like a membership site. And what I love about that is that it creates upsells and it creates other offers for you to use down the road with your email marketing. And so, you know, one of the things, the biggest principles that I've learned in digital marketing and building funnels is that the easiest upsell is selling people more of what they already bought. So if somebody is buying, You know, um, I I always think of like one of the digital marketer examples and they they would do like somebody just bought a box of ammo. Well, now sell them six boxes of ammo on a discount, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's going to work better. And so you can basically, okay, you sold somebody the newsletter. Now you can sell them a back issue bundle of like three of your most important or the first three issues that, you know, were the easiest wins, like you said, because it all builds on each other. People are going to want to buy those back issues. And those can be leaflets in the newsletter. They can be emails to your list. They can be upsells when people join. Like it creates a lot of really cool opportunities. So I think that's one of those, like, you know, we were just talking about the fun stuff and the strategies. Like that was one that came to my mind and I I don't have a newsletter. It's just, I'm thinking about newsletters I've been on and things that they've done. And you know, yeah and
0: that, that, that
2: that's the value that's
0: the thing like it's an asset it's it's the just the pay yourself first mentality being played out at many different levels so it's a it is a bit meta but and I'll probably explore doing that with some of the other newsletters but you know in the future not right now but maybe maybe down the road I gotta look into it but um you know my big thing is like time is going to pass anyway. And the earlier you join, I want to reward those people because the more months that you have, that you have these ideas and that you're implementing them, you know, if I send you an email template or a formula every single month and you use it, and you make money. It's like, why would you want to wait to do that? Right? So it's kind of a little bit, again, continuing to further the positioning and everything else and continuing to, you know, do that consulting through the mail. Like when you think about it, $99 is not a lot. You know, even if you were buying email templates or buying, you know, there's softwares that cost more than that, that you, you probably you probably have five of them you don't even use, right? Like, it's kind of a no brainer. If you have a business, and, you know, you do what I say, and you make five grand, or you make 30 grand or whatever, it's like, why wouldn't you want to just keep doing that? So like, <laughs> you know, that, that was kind of my thinking, like, in terms of the content and, and the whole system and everything that I'm trying to do, I'm just trying to to basically help people, in a format where they could take action. And this goes back to my days as a teacher. Like I know, like if you overwhelm your students, they're not gonna learn anything, but if you give them one concept at a time, they learn it, they use it, they master it, they go on to the next one. So I thought that was important too.
2: Yeah. And I think that's what I love about this whole concept. And you saying like, just adding one layer at a time, because it's almost to me, it's like you're, uh, you know, so you're trying to like lose weight or something. You have like a service that's like sending you these recipes like every, you know, every week it's like, oh, check out this new recipe. You can add it. It's super easy to make. You can do it in like five to 10 minutes. You can make this amazing meal and then you're just dropping weight. It's just happening. Like, and it's like, okay, you know, that's, that'd be exciting. And that's really what yeah. you're doing. You're sending like business recipes. Like here's this month, you're going to add this to your business. And then it's going to start be a trickle at first of, of, uh, you know, money coming in, but it's another way. And then as you're doing your daily blogging or your whatever that you're building your audience, more traffic comes. And so that starts to grow and grow, but every month we're going to add one more Avenue. Um, absolutely love that. So Chris, thank you so much for being here. I don't have anything else about this. I think this is really cool. It's a cool starting place to give people an idea of something they
1: can do. Bobby, you got anything before we close this out? Um, actually, just one quick question. How much, how much time does this take you to write? Cause I really want it. Like when you, when I found out you were doing this, I was, my shiny object syndrome was like, pew, pew, pew. it was like going off and I was like, Mike, we need to do this. And we're not
0: actually going to do it. But I was just curious, like how much time does it take you to actually write one of these things? So the first newsletter issue, you know, the the short answer is five hours, and the long answer is seven years, right? Um, obviously, because you know it's 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 all based on the work you've done in the past. But I wrote the first issue in about five hours. Uh, the book, the pay yourself first book, that was like fifty four thousand words. That was, you know that was a behemoth that took me a few weeks. Uh, and I, I, dictated a lot of it and then edited and edited again and had someone else edit it. And then I edited more. So that was a behemoth, but, uh, the newsletter is probably about a full day. De- I'd say like a full day of work. And you know, again, that, that was that first issue was 16 pages. Some of them might be longer. So it might take me a little bit longer. Um, so, but then again, I'm a fast writer. So like what takes me yeah. five hours might take someone 10 or 15, you know, like I bang out content, like it's nobody's business. I'm the fastest writer this side of the Mississippi. Right. Okay. <laughs> Book it, <laughs> and that is a great
2: note to end on. Book it, okay. So, guys, you know, make sure if you are listening to the show, we appreciate you listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe so you can hang out with all of our friends and learn all of this great stuff. If you are interested in joining Make It Rain monthly and adding one of these little recipes for making money into your business month after month, you need to go to the link in the show notes. Sign up. Make sure you use Laptop Empires the code so you get the founding member rate, save twenty dollars per month for the first three months that's all we got for you chris thanks for coming on bobby see you later everybody catch you next week
0: thanks guys
2: you've been listening to the laptop empires podcast with mike yanda and bobby hoyt for more information and the resources mentioned in this episode go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast
1: we out